want to get into the next um, big big subject here. Uh, many people have heard Raymond Scott's music without really knowing it. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, that's because his music was incorporated by Carl Stalling, the composer and music director for Warner Brothers and many of the Looney Tunes cartoons. And in these cartoons uh, of the 40s and 50s, you hear the unique strengths of Scott. He was a master tunesmith, of course, a great ear for melody. And Carl Stalling, who is a master composer, and Treg Brown, a great sound effects man, yeah. um, and Milt Franklin, who arranged uh, Stalling's scores for the 40-piece Warner Brothers Orchestra. I want to uh, play a, a, just a few examples of how Raymond Scott's melodies are incorporated into these cartoons by Carl Stalling with what was called jump cuts. You have a, a, a single four- or five-minute cartoon. Stalling could have used like 100 musical cues in it. You've seen some of these cue mm-hmm. sheets. Sure. I mean, they switch back and forth between, you yeah. have two seconds of here, this, 30 seconds right. of a folk tune. Um, some would be public domain. You'd have folk songs, classical music like Wagner, Mozart, right. and opera, some Tin Pan Alley. It's and, like he was sampling. Yeah, oh. right, exactly. Sampling with the, with an orchestra. Um, now, interesting thing about this is the the occasional piece you'd hear was by Raymond Scott, who sold the rights to his quintet music to mm-hmm. Warner Brothers in 42. Yeah. And... One question that we had was, well, how did that happen? You know, do we know how that happened? No, we don't, and we probably never will. But it, it does seem to imply. My theory is, yeah, it was Stalling's um, idea to buy the the music. I think he was I such see. a big fan, and he wanted it, and he suggested he it. had to have heard of it because it was of a fairly a hugely popular band. Everyone right. knew it, yeah. and I think yeah. he wanted it in his repertoire, and right. I think he requested it. And we do know that he used the music very shortly after the rights were sold, so that could be no coincidence. Right exactly, and, and that was appeared to be the main use that Warner Brothers had for it. I mean, it was in some of their movies, too, but, but mostly yeah. the cartoons. Right. Right. And uh, Stalling used at least a dozen Raymond Scott titles. I mean, people always think right. of Powerhouse, right. but there was w- oh, a lot yeah. more. I mean, yeah. Penguin and Dinner Music and Right. On and on. Well, let, let's start with a piece from 1951. This is a cartoon called Early to Bet. In this cartoon, the central character is a little bug called the gambling bug and who bites this cat. And whenever the and the cat immediately starts gambling and losing his money. And the song Powerhouse is used as the song whenever the cat loses. And he's subjected to all these various tortures for penalties. Mm-hmm. So at the top of this, we hear Stalling switching back and forth between Powerhouse and the song uh, We're Into Money. Stalling, we know, was very literal-minded when it came yeah. to choosing, choosing songs. Sure. And then you'll, you'll hear a jump cut between these two songs with pops and gunshots by Treg Brown. So one of the, one of the genius things that Carl Stalling did was, was uh, really be able to um, incorporate many, many musical cues in a very short time frame using, right. these, using these jump cuts. Here it is, Early to Bet, 1951, Carl Stalling uh, and Raymond Scott. <laughs> I'll leave my victims alone today. Even a gambling bug needs a vacation once in a while. This is J.G. Thurlwell, composer. I think the first exposure to Raymond Scott was uh, Warner Brothers cartoons. Uh, and Powerhouse being omnipresent in so many of those cartoons, and I always loved that piece of music. The thing with Powerhouse is it's got one of the greatest bass lines in history, you know, and uh, and 
and also the top, you know, the base, the baseline and the top line are, when they come together is just so fantastic. Please, not the on height. Stallings scores for the for the Warner Brothers cartoons were very um, illustrative of of each nuance and each gesture of the character. So a lot of his cues were, you know, he would do like a little flourish on the hand gesture or something like that. So, but it's all within one cue. If you actually dissected those cues, you could say, okay, there's a two and a half second cue there, and then there's a five second cue there, and they're all separate musical. Um, gestures but they're kind of strung together and if you listen to them disembodied um it sounds very choppy it's not like one piece of music that flows but that's that's the charm of it you know i i think that the reason that um stalling was able to pillage raymond scott's compositions so much was for that very reason because they uh, you know there were discrete parts but there's so, so many different parts and they invoke so many different things Roll out the barrel. Oh, no. Not that. No, not roll out the barrel. Please. Come on, deal them out. Give me the cards. Deal them out. Deal them out. Deal them out. You're too unlucky, cat. I'm quitting before you killed yourself. My name is Daniel Goldmark. I am a music professor at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland. I think one of the reasons that Scott's music works so well in cartoons, and I, I must be the very thing that Carl Stalling found so attractive about his tunes, was that they were so, so unusual, so descriptive, so idiosyncratic, and he could see or imagine where they might be used in cartoons. So when you, you often will find powerhouse working in scenes that show industry or technology run amok or fear of, you know, future technology robots or assembly lines and those kinds of things. And it's a combination of Scott having captured the sound of industry and machines, but it's also stalling, taking that and putting it on, putting it with the right images in the cartoons at the right tempo with the right instruments and really kind of sealing the deal for we viewers who hear it and see it and think, what else could it possibly sound like but that? To me, that music screamed animation. It's not just that it screened animation. It was in animation. It was in classic animation that everyone's seen. So that was such a strong, not just a strong selling point. It was exciting. It was fun. It made watching those cartoons an adventure because, okay, there's a Raymond Scott quote in here, or maybe there's a Raymond Scott quote, or I, I recognize that. That's Powerhouse. Now then, eager young space cadet, 
Here is the course we shall pursue to find Planet X. Starting from where we are, we go 33,600 turbo miles due up. Then west in an astro-arc deviation to here. Then following the great circle, seven radio loops south by down east. By astro-astrobo to here, here, and here. Then by space navigo compass to here, here, and then to here, and here. By 13-point stratocumulus bearing four million light years, and thus to our destination. Now do you know how to reach Planet X? Oh, sure. Well, I wish you'd explain it to me sometime, Buster. Uh, we, uh, well, it's very simple, sir. If we follow uh, the, uh, those planets, we can't very well miss Planet X. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> of all the stupid suggestions. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I think I've got it. I'll just bet that if we follow those planets, we'll find Planet X. Chad, how do I do it? I uh, don't know. in the name of the Earth. I claim this planet in the name of Mars. Isn't that lovely? Marvin the Martian, you know, he has this 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 Roman helmet and he he looks like a fierce warrior, but he's very small and he has a funny voice and no one takes him seriously until you know, he blows you up and then you have to take him seriously. Stalin uses Boy Scout in Switzerland for Marvin the Martian. And it's this odd militaristic mismatch. You know, it's it's the march sound, but it's played on, you know, it's not played in the way we would expect. And that kind of tune that isn't quite right suddenly works perfectly when you have that image of something that isn't quite right together. They make something that's very right. Oh dear, this is most inconvenient. Now I'll have to call out the reserves. Go get that Earth creature and bring back the uranium PL-36 explosive space modulator. Hey, what's up? I'm Paul Miller, a.k.a. DJ Spooky. I actually think cartoon music was some of the most complex stuff of the 20th century because not only was it about synchronization, but getting an entire orchestra to play in time while watching some kind of crazy like cartoon that's moving at 30 or 40 or 50 frames a second. Um, and you got to imagine somebody had to notate that, somebody had to edit it, make sure it recorded well, the microphones had to be placed correctly. The, again, I have the highest respect and regard for that. So, you know, I mean, it's technical, but it's also, at the end of the day, your average consumer is not really going to pay much attention to, um, to they just want to just watch a crazy cartoon. If, it's, if I'm making a track for a party, and, you know, I don't really care if it's I'm riffing on a MIDI file of Michael Jackson or sampling Wagner, you know, it's really not that big a deal. But if I had to program an entire orchestra from scratch and then have it play in time to a film that was projected in front of the orchestra, and then on top of that, make sure everybody's in time, you know, (laughs) 
That's that's an incredible feat. And yeah, I don't have the patience for it. Like I can't imagine. You got to remember it's time consuming and it's also just really, you know, attention to detail that most people wouldn't have the patience for anymore. Raymond sold his publishing, which was Circle Music Company, to Warner Brothers. It was in 1943 that Carl Stalling began using Raymond Scott melodies in cartoons. There's one interview Raymond gave in 1985 with a guy named Mike Rapchak. Mike says to Raymond, so I understand that your music was used in Warner Brothers cartoons. And Raymond's response was, yeah, that happened. And then he went on to talk about something else. It didn't mean anything to him. It was a business deal that he wasn't involved in. It presumably earned him a little revenue, but Mitzi said he didn't even watch cartoons. But the cartoons, uh, the cartoons, of course, were important in a historical sense because it preserved these melodies. And you know something else? Without his music having been in those cartoons, I'm not sure where I really would have begun reestablishing Raymond Scott's legacy. I'm not sure I would have. You're listening to WZBC 90.3. My name is Brian Carpenter. We're listening to... Uh, music from Raymond Scott, and uh, that was Erwin Chusid, DJ Spooky, there talking about Raymond Scott, and we're, of course, hearing music from the uh, 1951 cartoon Early Tibet, uh, the 1948 cartoon Hair Devil Hair, and Duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half century, 1953.